All right, so we're going to finish up in Ephesians this week um, with Ephesians chapter 5. Um, the lectionary has 15 to 20. I'm going to read out of the message this morning because I think it adds a little bit of context. So uh, the message adds uh, verses 11 through 14, so we're going to read that whole piece. Don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work. The barren pursuits of darkness expose these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep, climb out of your coffins, Christ will show you the light. So watch your step, use your head, make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the spirit of God, huge droughts of her. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the mother in the name of our Christ, master, Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. All right, so there's a lot, to be honest, there's, even just reading that, there's a lot going on in here. It's like frauds and covers and darkness and light and coffins. I don't know. There's a lot going on here. Um, but we're going to kind of try to sum up what uh, Paul or the author of Ephesians has been kind of guiding us through from chapter 1 into chapter 5. Um, if, you, if you want, there, chapter 6 is next week, but we're going to kind of start on something new. Um, but maybe just go back through sometime this week and try to scan out through Ephesians. I think it might be helpful for us as a community to, to kind of put that back into the context of what we've talked about through uh, grace, Christian maturity, what it means to really live an intentional life as a community on a journey with Christ. Because we recognize that we're all on different points in our own journey. We all come from different places and perspectives, and uh, we can use those perspectives to enrich each other's lives and each other's journey. So uh, what Paul is really talking about here over the last few weeks is what does it mean to live a Christian life? And obviously this is a difficult conversation because Paul is talking 2,000 years ago, and so what, what is Paul having to say that could still influence how we live and move today? And what does it really mean to live a Christian life in light of grace? Like we've said over and over and over again, I hope I never stop saying it, but it's not a matter of what we just continue to do, right? It's not a matter of Dylan just has to be a better person, like, right? Just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and be a better person. That the Christian walk and the Christian life, no matter where we are, is rooted in grace. That there's absolutely nothing you can do that is ever going to change God's love for you, that's ever going to change your uh, rootedness in who you are, who you were created to be, and how God sees you, and how we see each other. Like, that foundation is set. We are all set free from the pursuit of having to be super successful. So, Paul is kind of talking about all of that through grace, and then trying to practically say, okay, but how do we, how do we live? How does this look like? What are the characteristics? So, that's why we're kind of getting to the point where um, I want to talk about wisdom this morning. What does it mean to become wise. So Christian maturity, how grace moved is how we did last week, and then this week is um, becoming wise. So Paul says this morning, don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work. Does anybody here love busy work? Busy work? Yeah, busy work. Yeah. 
Yeah, busy work. That is actually, that's actually a, r a really great point. Uh, I used to work for a moving and storage company and I would pack sometimes boxes all day long. And there's something really refreshing about doing physical labor that you're just, you know, it's really just busy work, but it really allows you to kind of like open up and think because you're just doing a, a task all day long. It's just something kind of meditative about that. Yeah, Philip. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. So I don't, I don't think that's like, I, you know, um, packing boxes. I don't think that's really like busy work. We think about paperwork or something or taxes like, or, you know, whatever it is. I don't think that's necessarily what Paul is talking about here. What I think Paul is, is driving at is uh, he's asking people, he's asking this community in Ephesus to avoid doing things that are untrue to who you are. Avoiding things that are untrue to who you were created to be. Uh, you know, he says, avoid busy work. And then he goes on to say the pursuits of darkness and expose these things for the sham they are, right? He's, he's trying to get at something that is deeper than just what we think about when we think about busy work, even though Eugene Peterson, I typically like the, the language that he uses. Um, you know, maybe it was a soul-crushing job. I've been there, I've had plenty of soul-crushing jobs. Or maybe it's uh, spending too long in a certain relationship. You know, avoid being untrue to who you were created to be. Avoid busy work. I think that's what Paul is driving here. Wisdom moves. Um, I love the wisdom in the Hebrew scriptures uh, because it's often personified as a woman. Uh, lady wisdom. Uh, Philip mentioned Solomon. Solomon uh, is credited to writing the Proverbs, and uh, wisdom is referred to as a woman. So, for instance, Proverbs 4, 6 says, um, for wisdom, don't abandon her. She will guard you. Love her, and she will protect you. So wisdom is both something, someone to hold on to, and she is our protector. And I think much of Christian wisdom comes from our ability to notice the movements of life with gratitude and grace. And I think that's, uh, I know some of the conversation of what, what are the characteristics of people um, that we look up to that we see as wise. And a lot of that has to do with um, those people being perceptive and present to us and present to other people with a certain deep-rooted gratitude and grace. Um, I often uh, notice people that are kind of in their own world, right? They're so uh, focused on what they have to do. I notice this a lot in the grocery store. Sometimes I just walk around and, yeah, I'm like looking for something, but I just notice people are moving in such a frenzy that they you can tell that they have like a million things on their mind. And oftentimes they just like, run into me, and I'm just thinking, oh man, that person probably has a, a lot going on. And I think Paul, in uh, what Solomon's talking about here when it comes to becoming wise, is being 
aware of our surroundings. My dad used to always, he used to always say, like, watch where you're, watch where you're going, watch where you're walking. Like, um, he taught us to be very perceptive people, mostly, though, because we're like a judgmental family, right? So we'd go places and people watch. That's supposed to be funny. If you knew my dad and how judgmental we are, it would be funnier because we are a very judgmental family. I'm working through things, okay. Um, but he'd always say, you know, watch where you're going, be perceptive, uh, you know, be aware of your surroundings, notice other people. I think there is a deeper wisdom there other than, you know, like watch your step. And I like that Eugene Peterson in the message version uh, of this, he says, so watch your step. Uh, most uh, versions will, um, will say that phrase uh, slightly different, but actually the... Um, the original language there is watch where you're walking or watch where you're stepping. And I like that Eugene Peterson says, so watch your step, use your head, make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Yeah, they are desperate times, right? Can I get an amen? All right. Um, so it's important to watch where we're all going, where we're collectively going, where, uh, where your life is going. I think there's something... Um, that's not selfish about that. You know, where are you going? How are you living? Who is God calling you to be? Like, honestly, who's God calling you to be? Um, don't waste your time. It's too, your time is too important. Um, you are too important. So watch where you're walking. And I think this is a, uh, Paul is being prophetic here. And that's another thing that you'll see characterized in the wisdom literature in the Old Testament or the Hebrew scriptures is that uh, lady wisdom is often very prophetic, both calling out what's going on in society, what's going on in the world, but also being able to call out what's going on in our life when we need sort of a course correction. And I love that the Hebrew scriptures and the Christian tradition, the Jewish Christian tradition um, is, is one that's self-critical, right? That we don't act like we have the answers, but we're actually open as individuals to being critiqued by this prophetic wisdom, that hopefully we're so rooted in each other's lives that we are actually open and receptive to hearing the wisdom of our community. Um, so I think Paul is being prophetic here. He says, you know, watch where you're stepping, watch where you're going, what, what, what are you doing with your life? Um, there's a great um, beginning to the book of Proverbs in chapter 20, where um, wisdom calls aloud and lady wisdom calls out in a prophetic way. And I just want to read this a little bit. Lady wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out at the city gate to make her speech. How long you who are simple will love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fool Fools hate knowledge. Repent and rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts on you. I will make known to you my teachings. And I think it's uh, impossible to talk about prophetic wisdom and lady wisdom without talking about uh, the issues that have been going on in the last few weeks that have kind of come to light. Continuing um, in the Me Too movement, but particularly in Christianity in this country. So I don't know if any of you heard but uh, a pastor, Bill Hybels, uh, at Willow Creek, once like the one of the largest churches, right, Scott, um, came out, and at least ten women have accused him of sexual harassment over the course of of decades. Uh, we're talking about, I mean, guy that wrote dozens and I'm probably more than dozens of books, uh, and I mean, was just a leading figure in. 
American Christianity for the last several decades. Uh, we have a problem, so Lady Wisdom speaks. Uh, and then we found out this week uh, about the Catholic Church. I don't know if anybody heard. Um, the Catholic Church in Pennsylvania, um, it came out that at least uh, 300 uh, incidents, or actually 300 individual priests had um, um, issues of sexual assault and harassment, and it was over a thousand cases of sexual assault and harassment. Um, what in the world, okay, people? Like, let's just be real. Like, this is the Christian faith and the Christian tradition, and we have to recognize the fact that uh, there is a deep problem both within society, secular society, uh, you know, if we want to take the entertainment industry as an example, but we also have a deep problem in our own faith, in Christianity, uh, that needs to be called out, that needs to be addressed, and we need to have we need to have the ability to have an honest conversation about our problems because I think one of the reasons, there's many reasons why these situations arise, uh, but I think transparency and being able to listen to prophetic wisdom and to critique each other in an honest way is part of the problem. So we need to be able to do that. So are we listening to lady wisdom? Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Paul says, another prophetic word, like, let's be intentional with the way that we're living, whether it's the time that we have, where we're spending it, where we're spending our money, how we're taking care of the environment. Um, live intentionally. Don't live unthinkingly, he says. Finally, uh, Paul concludes this morning's text with um, being filled with the Spirit in contrast to being filled with wine. Now, he doesn't say don't drink, but he says don't drink excessively. Instead, be filled with something else. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Huge droughts of her. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Wisdom calls us to a continued posture of gratitude. Even in our experiences of missing the point, which we do all the time. And I think in particularly when we have really difficult weeks. Uh, I had a really bad week. Anybody else? You don't have to answer that. I, I had a really bad week. It was, um, I felt really worn down this week. Um, and sometimes we have hard weeks. Uh, and that's just, it's just how it is. Um, maybe you had a great week. And at this point, I'm only preaching to myself. So if that's the case, fine. But I think this is what Paul is leaving with, with us uh, in Ephesians here, that even in the midst of bad weeks, even when we've missed the point, even when we look around at the state of Christianity and think, what in the world is going on? Is there any way that we can turn this back? Is there any way that we can move forward in a more hopeful, honest, moral way? And really, what is the moral future of the faith that we call a part of us, that we call home? Uh, so an even in weeks like that, Paul is trying, I think, to leave us with hope. Hope despite our crappy weeks. Hope that there is love and grace and that God's dream for this world goes beyond our present struggles. That goes beyond what we're fighting. Uh, it goes beyond our crappy weeks. That tomorrow, 
Just like yesterday, there will still be as much love, grace, and hope for each of us, regardless of our moods or circumstances. Uh, many of you know that we close um, each service with a short benediction. May we, as we approach this week, may we love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. And uh, that comes from a pastor in uh, Waco that was really influential to me as I was kind of coming into Christianity in high school. And, you know, it reminds me like what you're saying, Riley, just, just such a like open and loving perspective. His name was Kyle Lake. And he was in his early 30s, and uh, many of you know the story at this point. Uh, this is a picture of Kyle. Um, he was giving a baptism in the fall of 2005 when I was a senior in high school, moved a mic stand and had a foot in the water, and was electric, died in church um, in his early 30s, three young kids, uh, just an unbelievably tragic accident. Um, and it really it had a profound imprint on uh, how I understood Christianity and walking through tragedy with a group of people and how to ask really difficult questions theologically and practically. And um, the benediction is something that he would close every service with. And so um, I do it as a way to to honor him. And there's a a little piece that I want to close today's I want to close today's message with, when we're thinking about grace, gratitude, I know you can't read that, but I'll, I'll post it online so you can see it um, later. Um, when we think about Ephesians, we think grace, gratitude, mercy, Christian maturity, how we're moved in love, and then what does it mean in our own lives, in our own journeys, in becoming wise, or just becoming who God wants us to be, being true to ourselves. And on the day that Kyle passed away, he wasn't able to deliver his sermon, but um, this is from his notes. So this was um, what he was going to close his sermon with on the morning that he passed away. And if it's all right, I'm just going to read this this morning to close this because I I think it's what I need this week, um, and it's such a great message for um, what we're talking about and closing with um, this morning. He says, live and live well. Breathe. Breathe in and breathe deeply. Be present. Do not be past. Do not be future. Be now. On a crystal clear, breezy, 70-degree day, roll down the windows and feel the wind against your skin. Feel the warmth of the sun. If you run, then allow those first few breaths on a cool autumn day to freeze your lungs. And do not be alarmed. Be alive. Get knee-deep in a novel and lose track of time. If you bike, pedal harder. And if you crash, then crash well. Feel the satisfaction of a job well done, a paper well written, a project thoroughly completed, a a play well performed. If you must wipe the snot from your three-year-old's nose, don't be disgusted if the Kleenex didn't catch it all, because he'll soon be wiping his own. If you recently experienced loss, then grieve, and grieve well. And at the table with friends and family, laugh. If you're eating and laughing at the same time, then you might as well laugh until you puke. If you eat, then smell. 
Smell the aromas. The aromas are not impediments to your day. Steak on the grill, coffee beans freshly ground, cookies in the oven, and taste. Taste every ounce of flavor. Taste every ounce of friendship. Taste every ounce of life because it is most definitely a gift. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you that you call us um, into our true selves, that you call us to become wise, that you are working in our lives even when we feel like we're isolated and alone, that you are doing a work within us through our relationships, through our community. We pray that even when we have crappy weeks, that you call us into gratitude to breathe to feel, to grieve, to laugh, to smell, to taste, that all of this is good no matter where we're at. We're very grateful. In Jesus' name, amen.